You are listening to the official podcast of Grace Atumwa. Episode 2. Who do they think they are? Do they really think they have what it takes? Such things might have been said about the nobodies we will meet in today's episode based on 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 through 31. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chris Childs. Take a moment and remember. Remember that time when you were five or six, seven years old, maybe 12, and you're standing in a line getting ready to pick teams. Do you have that picture in your mind? And some of you right now, you, you have this anticipation, the adrenaline's coming, just remembering that feeling of hoping, hoping that you would be picked first. But most of us, <laughs> most of us don't remember it that way. Most of us, myself included, had a different feeling. We feel not the adrenaline, we feel the cortisol, we feel the stress hormones, we feel the fear, hoping not to be picked last. And depending on what you're being picked for, whether it was an academic team or if it was a sports team, people are work, trying to pick on what characteristics, the best, the brightest, the fastest, the strongest, the most agile, the one who can catch, the one who can throw. If God was picking a team, who would God pick first? Would God pick the best, the brightest, the strongest, the fastest? What does God look at when deciding who God wants on God's team? Our scripture we just read says some surprising things. Who does God pick for God's team? I like how the, the message translation describes it. Paul says, I don't see many of the best and brightest among you. Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that the culture overlooks? See, God sees something different than what people see. So when God is picking for God's team, who does God pick? For myself as a pastor, when I invite people to find places where they love to serve, I say, Hi, I see this in you. I believe you have something special to offer right here. Would you be willing to try this out? One of the things I sometimes hear is people saying, I'm not enough. I hear people say, I don't have what it takes. I hear people say, you should really look for someone else look at this person talk to this person instead i'm not sure i'm cut out for this and as not just the pastor but as chris i understand that feeling that feeling of saying i i'm not the right person i'm not the right fit you've got the wrong one I, I could tell you, even as I prepared for this message today, that was my feeling, that feeling of, 
I don't know that I have what takes God. Maybe someone else should give this sermon. I know this feeling of why would God pick me for this? And what we hear from Paul in today's scripture is that God uses the weak of this world. Think of the story of Esther. Some of you may know this story. Esther in the Old Testament is selected for her beauty to be the bride of, of the king. Not, not to be the queen as an honored role with authority, but she's selected out of all the women of the nation to be his bride, to be his queen, to be the recipient of his abuse. The previous queen was killed for not complying with him. I can imagine her saying, why am I here? And then the story, the people of God are in trouble. There's a plot through various political maneuvering to kill every one of God's people. No one realizes that she's one of God's people. And naturally, Esther says, who am I to make a difference right here? I don't have authority. I don't have respect. I don't have leadership or speaking ability. It, it could cost me so much to stick my neck out right here. For Esther, it could cost her her life. For us, it could cost us embarrassment. For us, it could cost us seeing our weakness face to face. And then Esther listened to her cousin. Her cousin said, Esther, I know it doesn't seem like you have much power here. In fact, it probably looks like you just need to keep your head low and make sure you get through this. But perhaps God has put you in this position for such a time as this. I wonder for you, what would it cost you to say about that thing that God might be calling you to do? Maybe I'm called for such a time at this. I'm not sure if I have what it takes, but maybe God's called me for such a time at this as this. What would it cost you? See, Esther saw the cost. And yet she did anyway. She didn't let her fear get in the way and she saved her people. So I think of Esther. I also think of Moses. Moses, the little boy who survived genocide. The little boy who grew up raised in an Egyptian palace. A Hebrew raised as an Egyptian. Received the best of the best in training for leadership and speaking. And then through a series of circumstances, he ended up running for his life. And he became a shepherd in the wilderness for decades. And from the wilderness, he heard God speaking to him. Moses, I am calling you out. I'm calling you to serve. It's going to take everything you've got. 
And this Moses, this Hebrew who received the best of the Egyptian training and leadership and speaking, he responds to God. He says, I'm not a good leader. I'm not a good speaker. I don't have what it takes. There are people who are far more qualified than me. Don't pick me. <laughs> Moses, he didn't grow up in the faith. I, you can imagine him saying, why would anyone even listen to me? The people of God, they see me as an Egyptian. So how am I supposed to lead the Hebrews? I don't qualify here. I hardly know the scriptures. God, you should find someone else, not me. I don't have what it takes. And I don't just hear the story when I read the story of Moses. I hear it when I talk to people like you. People who say, don't ask me to serve in the church. Don't ask me to because I didn't grow up in the faith. Or I didn't pay enough attention in Sunday school. Or I get this one a lot. No matter how hard I try, I always seem to get the wrong answers. I hear you should look to someone else. You should look to someone who can speak and someone who doesn't have the stutter and someone who knows the stories and the right answers because that's the kind of person that you need in this. And yet, when we see Moses, who was called by God, even though he said, I'm not qualified, Moses still went. Moses still went and led the people of God. He led the Hebrews out of Egypt into the wilderness to the promised land. Moses, like Esther, he didn't let his fear drive him. I think of Esther. I think of Moses. I think of Peter, a follower of Jesus. A follower of Jesus. One of the first who Jesus called and said, you follow me. He, he had this habit of opening his mouth a little bit too quickly. On one occasion, Jesus had to reprimand him particularly strongly. He said, get behind me. He didn't say, get behind me, Peter, though. He said, get behind me, Satan. For you don't have the things of God in mind. And if that wasn't enough, as Peter continued to follow Jesus, Jesus predicted that Peter would deny even knowing Jesus when it mattered most. And Peter said, no, never, not me. Maybe all else would fall away from you, but not me. But then the time came when Jesus was betrayed and while Jesus was on trial and on his way to the cross, three different times while Peter was by a fire, people said, I saw you. You were with Jesus. You have the same accent. 
Surely you are one of his followers. And Peter said, no, let's bring curses upon me. May God curse me if I ever knew that man. And on Jesus' way to the cross, Peter looked in Jesus' eyes. And Peter knew. And he said, I failed too many times before. I don't have what it takes. Jesus asked me to follow him. But no, not me. Jesus should find someone else. I'm going back to fishing. And then Jesus comes to Peter and says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter's response is, oh, you know that I love you like a brother. And you know, I, I don't love you in a way that I would sacrifice for you like you've sacrificed for me. I'm not the right one. And Jesus says, I'm sending you. At that point, Peter had a choice. He could say, I don't have what it takes. Why me? But instead he says, yeah, I failed way too many times, but I'm going to step forward. And I'm going to go where Jesus sends me. Because apparently my failing too many times doesn't keep Jesus from sending me. I think of Esther, I think of Moses, I think of Peter, I think of David. King David from the Old Testament. King David, the great king of Israel. But I think of King David before. Here's the great king of Israel. I think of King David when he was a young boy. The weakest in the family. And when God sent Samuel to say, this one, this is the one who I want to be the king of my people. Even David's own father said, really, this one? Are you sure he has what it takes? And we all know what it's like to have someone who didn't believe in us. And when we hear that call from God to do something, we hear that voice. Really? This one? God says, yeah, this one. Who does God want on the team? God uses the weak of this world. You know who God didn't use? He didn't use the king before David, Saul. Saul, the one that God set aside from the throne and said, I'm using David instead. Why not Saul? Saul, the best and the brightest. Saul, the one with the right leadership skills and speaking ability. Saul, the one with the plan. Saul, the one that looked great by every mark in this world. Saul, the one who thought he knew too much of what he was doing to wait for God and God's plans. 
Saul, the one who was in it for himself, not for God's mission. The Apostle Paul writes to us in our scripture today from the message. He says, take a good look, friends, at who you were when you got called into this life. I don't see many of the brightest and the best among you. I don't see many influential, not many from high society families. Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that the culture overlooks and exploits and abuses. God chose these nobodies to expose the hollow pretensions of the somebodies. So if you look at yourself and you say you're a nobody, know that God they have big plans to change the world through you. But it starts with taking that next step. And as we move forward to that next step, we can't go there without making sure that we don't make the mistake of Saul. Saul was all about blowing his own horn, celebrating how great he was. Paul says this, if you're going to blow a horn, blow a trumpet for God. Because none of us gets to serve in a way that makes a lasting impact because of ourselves. It's because of God at work through us. And so today, I ask that you do take the next step. Today, I ask that you take Jesus at his word when he says, I want you. I ask that you take Jesus at his word when he says, I died on the cross for you. Because I love you. I ask that you take Jesus as word when he says all the sin and guilt and shame and that regret that you carry and the not enoughs that you carry, they died on the cross with me. I ask that you take Jesus as word when he says, I rose again from the dead and I'm raising you up again to new life as well. I'm asking that you take Jesus as word when he says, I love you. I've chosen you. And if you partner with me, the world will be changed through you. I ask that you take Jesus as word and trust God and take that step. Take that step and receive Jesus and join Jesus in God's mission to bring light into the darkness. That grace, we do it in two ways. We do it with groups. Groups that get out in the community and serve and make a difference and step forward in faith. That serve alongside of people, not as those above them serving those below them, but as partners. And we do it through teams. We do it through teams that work together so that collectively we can make a difference in this world. That collectively we can communicate God's message. We can get people connected into groups where they know that they've cared about. The connection that they need to find hope. You received a survey in your email this week that, that allows you to share who you are. How God might be calling you to serve. It's just four really simple questions. It takes less than five minutes. We'll send it out again this week. If you haven't got a chance to fill out, I truly encourage you to. And then over the next two months, we'll be 
connecting people up and the ways to serve. And even over the next couple of years, we'll be looking back on this information we have to say, here's an opportunity that came up. And we believe this is the person that God's called to it. But beyond that, if we truly want to make a world-changing difference in this world, we can only do it by being united with Christ because it's not our work. It's God's work through us. Thank you for listening. If you found today's podcast meaningful, we invite you to subscribe to all of the podcasts from Grace Atumwa. Grace is a congregation of the United Methodist Church located in Otumwa, Iowa. For more information on this podcast or other information on the ministries of Grace Atumwa, you can find us on the web at www.grace. Otumwa, spelled O-T-T-U-M-W-A, dot org. Thank you for listening.